Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your commodore of cocktails. So excited that you're joining me right here on 570 KVI every Saturday night, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Um, it's the dog days of August, or the dog nights, as it were. Where is that three dog night? I'm not sure. Um, but I am very excited, as I always am, and you know that, because uh, it's happy hour. And on this show, we talk about wine, spirits, cocktails, beer, fresh food, events, and education from all around the world. And one of my passions in the spirits world is rum. Um you know, white rum's all right. It's a mixer, of course, and uh, I actually like white rum in my Bloody Marys. And uh, I tried something new the other day. I made a white tequila mojito, which was really, really good. Of course, <laughs> they get better as you go. Um, but I'm really pleased to have uh, I met a local cat, uh, Nick Ferris, who is the founder of the Rum Collective. And uh, I believe he's also on the Rum Council, and uh, it's a real treat to have him back in studio. We're going to chat chat about some great rums, uh, just the rum styles from around the world, how he got into the RUM, and um, well, we're going to make some cocktails. So uh, it's uh, September's coming up. We got the football games. We got football season, and as we move into the fall, I have to invite everybody out there. Uh, save the date, November twelfth and thirteenth. I know it's a little ways away, but November twelfth and thirteenth is the holiday wine. Wine Festival to celebrate the world of wine. It's uh, be held at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. It'll be a Saturday afternoon and a Saturday evening and a Sunday afternoon tasting, uh, featuring uh, literally hundreds of wines from California, Washington, uh, France, Spain, Italy, New Zealand, Australia. Uh, great food and a host of other vendors who uh, are all about the holidays. So find uh, your perfect turkey wine or your Baron of Beast or to- Tofuki. I don't know what the heck that is. But find a wine that goes with everything holidays with the fun, the family, the friends, and of course um, the cheers that go on in the holiday season. November 12th and 13th, HolidayWineFest.com. And right now, um, gosh, all this talking, you know me, I'm thirsty. Hey, Nick Ferris, welcome back to Happy Hour. Hi there, Christopher. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so excited. You know I love rum, and uh, it's been a real pleasure. So let's remind everybody, um, how did you get into this uh, lovely spirit from Cain? So it started back about eight or ten years ago, and... Uh, There wasn't really a big rum scene in Seattle, and I thought, why don't we create a little rum society? So I started up the Rum Collective and kind of started hosting some educational tasting events, getting consumers, bars, retail, trying to get new rums into the the area, educate people about the different, different varieties of rum, and understand what real rum is. What real rum is. Uh, that's a tongue twister almost. <laughs> real rum. Um, so when did you have your first rum drink? How did you actually find rum being this uh, this passion? Because there wasn't any? It was like, I, I see a niche or a need? Well, my first rum drink was, like a lot of people probably before, uh, rum and coke. I was aged. 
appropriate. Yeah, rum and coke, number one cocktail in the world. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was seeing that well, what was the the marketed brands was the only selection, and and it was kind of sad when you came back from the Caribbean or someplace where you've had a new rum. <laughs> And sad you either buy way, because <laughs> you're coming away from someplace beautiful. Um, but what did you find down there? The Ron Ricos and the Bacardis and... Yeah, so every island has its own special rums, and uh, we really only had Captain Morgan and Bacardi and, and a lot of the, the big names, but a lot of these small players didn't have a voice, and I felt an, you know compelled to, to give them a voice and help hassen the entrance of a lot of these brands into the state. Wow. Can you do, name any labels or dis- distillers that you helped uh, find their way to the United States? Yeah. Quite a, <laughs> quite a few. Um, okay. I've, I've gotten a uh, little over a dozen different brands into Washington State by just building relationships and, and getting samples and tasting distributors. In fact, just recently on our, on our last... Uh, on our last show, um, Rumfire. Uh, oh, yeah. A, just a classic example of a really great product that's made, and you show someone it, and they get excited, and 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 you have a launch event, and then pretty soon it's in cocktails. And There was a, a re- gentleman here from Rumfire just the other day, I think, right? Just uh, last week, a couple <clears> weeks <throat> ago. I saw something at Roomba that people were posting uh, uh obviously you weren't there <laughs> neither was i how do i get in those lists about come and taste and you know how do we get on the free booze list that's <laughs> that's a that's the best list <laughs> that is the best list uh speaking with nick ferris the founder of the rum collective and member of the rum council now are you a member i am yeah i'm one of the founding members the founding members and yeah. where's the rum council uh headquartered uh it's not it doesn't it's not really headquartered anywhere specific it's online it's composed of of five different people myself um out of seattle uh mike streeter from rum connection in key west carlton grooms who's the cfo for papa's pilar the hemingway company rum oh, yeah. uh, bob davies who is out of the bahamas oh so it's a it's a group of guys who had very similar passion and wanted to start up um a business uh, a forum for for doing consultation and, and helping people who are interested in rum make make a, a job out of it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And uh, they found a, a need to uh, get in uh, to the get more people into rum, which is uh, was for a long time one of the uh, the great spirits of the world, um, because obviously uh, this this idea of growing grains and things was really meant for food and potatoes and things were meant for food but when you got sugarcane it's like hey we've got this leftover stuff from making sugar let's try to do something else next thing you know they're distilling it and that's how the molasses came and uh, of course you have rum and when all those cats were 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 sailing the the seas they would find they would bring in their sugar they would bring in their spices and of course they would bring some barrels of uh, distillate as well that right? That yeah, that's exactly right. Wherever the sugarcane grows, the distillery follows. <laughs> I like it. And I know we talked about uh, on our first show that uh, obviously there is a little bit of uh, consequence to the uh, processes of uh, fermenting and um, well, 
boiling, burning rum fields or cane fields to make, uh, you know, charred sugar and, and molasses and things like that. Obviously smoke and then we'll call the deforestation part um, and perhaps it's just the pollution part. But that stuff is being refined, right? I mean, we still have this uh, the, this sense of, um, of traditional style and, and production, but I believe, aren't we finding ways to be a little more environmentally friendly? Yeah, a lot of distilleries are practicing green standards and meeting um, a lot of the waste processes with new technology. Uh, for example, down in Ponce, um, Puerto Rico, the Sorales distillery has really taken a huge lead on that. Uh, the Sorales the distillery produces Don Q rum. Uh-huh. And so they come up with water treatment for their wastewater uh, at certain distilleries like Foursquare Distillery in Barbados um, and a lot of other distilleries capturing the carbon dioxide that's released in the process and, and using it for bottling. Uh, one of the rums that we're going to be talking about on this show, um, Admiral Rodney, produced out of St. Lucia Distillers for taking uh, used motor oil and using it for heat sources and then capturing some of that uh, the gases that are released to generate electricity for the plant. So a lot of different ways distilleries are using those waste products and putting it back into into the system so there's not there's not a big footprint yeah, that's cool. I had a gentleman, uh, George Thomas, on uh, a couple months ago talking about sustainability in the wine world, and uh, that he mentioned the same things, how you, you capture light and heat and uh, control uh, t- ambient temperatures by uh, just thinking about w- fermentation temperatures, and, and you can warm a room fermenting wine if it's, uh, obviously, you let it go, or you could cool a room because you've got these uh, giant vats of liquid that are um, at a temperature. Anyway... Uh, cool stuff, and uh, it, it all comes down to what's in the bottle. Um, I, I don't know that the consumer is so, so interested in, in learning that people are sustainable yet. Uh, that will come as as our world gets uh, larger, smaller, and uh, less of more, or more of less. And I'm talking in tongues here. Um, you said there are uh, multiple styles of rum. How many styles of rum can you list off? Well, outside of the, the flavored, which... I don't really consider a style, although it is. Um, there are categories, and I think that's a lot of where some of the growing pains in the rum industry uh, are at presently. And so, how do we talk about rum? Do we talk about it as white, gold, you know, dark, navy, overproof? You know, some of these kind of old terms. They don't really justify the spirit, but if you if you really look at rum, it it has a lot of diversity, and a lot of it is geographically. Uh, base. So talking about rums, a Jamaican rum, a Bajan rum, a Martinique rum, and then further kind of defining that into what kind of still is it? Is it a pure single, like when you talk about a scotch? pot still. Exactly. Right? Is it a pot still? Is it a blend of both column and pot? Is it a multi-column? You Maybe know, continuous. Yeah, continuous still, or is it kind of a traditional Creole? Uh, old single column still. So you can look at it and categorize rums from islands uh, and then kind of further break it down into what type of stills. And and they're kind of saying one and the same thing, but there's a lot of, uh, when you talk about styles of rum, um, there's a lot of uh, different problems you run into in that in that category challenges we like yeah, to say challenges <laughs> so I, I tend not to refer to them as english spanish french even though 
that kind of is their colonial history. Right, and uh, of course for the French you have the Appellation Origine Controlée or Appellation Origine Protégée, um, protecting the uh, the demarcated area of geography where those places are produced or those uh, products are produced. And anyway, so when we think about rum, we can talk about color, we can talk about base uh, source, right? Whether it's sugar cane, cane mm-hmm. juice, sugar, or molasses. Am I missing something? No. Yeah. Yep. Those okay. are the bases. Sugar and then you've molasses. got the style of pot or the style of still, I should say, pot still, calm still, blend. And then, of course, you have an age statement, which to, which can be um, additional information. So there's probably four layers. When you think about all those layers, we're talking about hundreds of different real um, expressions. Exactly. Thousands, yeah. And uh, who who's the largest producer of rum in the world? Is that Puerto Rico? No, I think the largest producer by volume is actually out of the Philippines, uh, Tandoy Rum. Really? I think they surpassed Bercardi uh, a year or so ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, by volume. Yeah, well, I guess they, uh, we know, I was in uh, Hong Kong attending uh, uh, the Vin Expo, and we had talked about spirits and how actually 40% of the world's spirits produced are consumed in China. So I know that the <laughs> the Asian population, me included, we love our tipple, <laughs> or whatever we're calling it, or baijiu. Actually, we don't love baijiu. Although uh, some of my friends I met the other day are going to start up a baijiu distillery here. They think that's the next the next cool geeky expression, and I applaud their passion for something so unique that um, most of the world has not embraced it yet. I think they're way ahead of the curve. I like that. So, how many rums do you have for us to taste today? We're going to taste three different rums, and we're going to make a cocktail. Oh, just one cocktail, huh? Well, you and I got the whole show. We'll have to get creative and uh, talk about each rum. So, uh, give me a, a name of the rums you got. So the first rum we're going to be tasting uh, in the cocktail is the Damoiseau, rum Damoiseau from Guadeloupe. It's okay. the 55% or 110 proof All right. unaged spirit. The second rum we're going to dive into is the Admiral Rodney, St. Lucia's flagship rum coming out of uh, St. Lucia. Cool. And the final is the Cartavio XO out of the northern part of Peru. What I see four bottles. So is the, the secret one? <laughs> the other little bottle is the uh, the Clement, the Syrup de Can. Oh, I see. And that's okay. uh, our little flavor enhancer. Perfect. Hey, everyone. Talking with Nick Ferris of uh, the Rum Collective and the Rum Council. We're going to dive into some great tasty rums and cocktails coming up next right here on Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, happy Saturday night. Hope you got something great in your glass because it's time for round two. I've got Nick Ferris, the founder of the Rum Collective here in Seattle, and he's brought three delicious rums and a bottle of something special. Um, hey, Nick, you just poured me a, uh, a slightly platinum colored um, and a little bit of gold hue. It's got just a touch of green in it, too. It's quite interesting. Uh, this is a white rum. Tell me what you've got. So right here we've got Rum Damoso from Guadeloupe. And when you look at it, you do get a little bit of a, a yellowish, grassy tinge. And that's coming, basically, that's the, the visual hint of the terroir that, that comes through. 
it's distilled at a, a very low distillate, so you get a lot of the esters, a lot of those flavors coming through. When we talk about the rum damoiseau, we're talking about French rum, we're talking about rum agricole, so rum that's made from sugarcane juice that's fermented and then distilled. And agricole is the uh, classification of the rum, and any rum that's made with sugarcane juice in the French method or in, in any French territory is called agricole, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. <clears throat> there are other, just as an exception, there are some other rums that are made in French territories that aren't agricole. Sure. Now, when we look at when we look at this rum, so very clear and up to the nose, but not too close because it is 55%. We get a lot of that grassy earthiness. Yeah, there's a little bit of pungency to this uh, spirit. And, uh, of course, when we're ever sniffing spirits, and I use this wine glass, I think it captures a lot of the aroma. But if you're going to sniff spirits, open your mouth a little bit. It just relieves some of that uh, internal pressure so you don't actually get a huge waft of just alcohol, um, volatized alcohol, and so it doesn't burn your nose. And uh, that's the whole point of smelling is keep that thing fresh and you'll you'll last. So uh, this is it's got grass, it's got hints of citrus fruit, um, and it's also got this green note. It reminds me a little bit of artichoke with lemon. There's just that green note here for me, but... I, I get a little bit of little light light sweetness from some of that cane that kind of Yeah, there's a, there's a hint of rock candy. Hmm. Um, but it is expressive, and what I love about it, it doesn't smell like alcohol, even at 55 proof, because it's easy to get like white lightning or some stuff that just smells like it's got more heads and tails than it does hearts. It it is a it is a quality rum. Mm. So. All right. Well, I'm going to take a little sip. Mmm. Holy smokes. That's like warm water. Yeah, really nice, really nice palate feel. Mm. And it's it's not as hot as you think, you know, looking at the 55. Glycerol, smooth, round, um but also sleek. And the attack is, you would think with that much heat and that much power, it would be peppery and spicy on the attack because you're just getting all the alcohol note and a little bit of burn sensation, but it's very, very soft. Mm. So um, for rum agricole, some are light and some are dark. Is that correct? So that's not necessarily just the color. It's about the process or about the source material. Right. A lot of the color, <clears throat> in fact, the majority of the color in in rum agricoles uh, is coming from the age. Yeah. So it, the time it's spending, spent aging in the in the wood, that's where you're getting your color. Mm, this has a very moderate plus finish. I was gonna say long finish, but I think it's just moderate plus. It lasts on the palate. It's definitely sweetness on on the palate and on the finish, and just a bit of heat. A very very touch of fire on the very very end, which I think is fun because well, as soon as it gets to your belly, it's warm too. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling warm. Yeah, um, lovely. So, uh, damoiseau. Yeah, damoiseau. Damoiseau. So that's a French name. It's basically uh, I want to say it's uh, owner the the dame owned it, the lady owned it, or something. The damoiseau. It, yeah, it's the the last name oh. of. Uh, all right. Hervé well, Damoiseau. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to taste these three rums just for some context. And um, what's the cocktail that you, you wanted to introduce to us today? So I'd like to introduce uh, the traditional uh, French West Indies Martinique cocktail, Tea Punch. Tea Punch, and that's T-I, right? T-I, apostrophe T-I. So short for petite, meaning small. Oh, really? Okay. 
well, is there a grown day version of this? It's meant to be. Of course, in the old days, um, people, well, I think they were the they were much more sensitive to some of this or at least I'm a, I'm just a, an old an old waterlogged uh, professional that takes a lot more. Yeah, don't don't confuse the the, the name size for the size power, for, right. for what we're going to this is a, it's it's meant to be strong as oh, well. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, um do you want to pour me new rums or you want to make the cocktail? Well, I think, you know, since I'm kind of getting into the the agriculture thing right now, so I'd love to uh, make the cocktail. Let's for do you. it. Let's do it. So let's yeah, let's talk a little bit about tea punch. Okay. Um, when you go to Martinique or Guadeloupe and you sit down at a restaurant, they don't just bring you out the cocktail you want a tea punch. You, for example, with with the unaged products, we're, we're having a tea punch blanc. But you can also, in different times of the day, order a tea punch view. So using an aged oh, rum agricole. Yeah. View being the French word for age. Exactly. And that's one of the great things about this cocktail is is you can utilize all of the rums that are made in the French islands in this one cocktail and it works You mean you can add them well. all in one? Well, you add either one either at the, a time. The unaged or the All the right. Aged. So you could spend the whole day at this restaurant starting your breakfast. I love the breakfast tea punch. Exactly. It's called it's actually called décollage. They have stations where décollage? Yeah, to take off. Um so oh. you in the morning if you if you need a little little pick me up. Yes. Um yeah, just to stop that hand from shaking, right? <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, having a good time here with Nick Ferris, the uh, founder of the Rum Collective. He's going to make a little tea punch, which uh, is named after the... Uh, and this was founded in Martinique? Tea punch, yeah. It comes from just a petite punch. I mean... I see. Punch or comes from the Indian word ponge, meaning five. Five parts. Uh, it's kind of simplified. Five parts small. rum, one part water or <laughs> juice. <laughs> I like that ponge, huh? I didn't know that. This is a great little history. Yeah. Little Have bit. you seen any uh, recipe books or bar books with uh, t- discussing the history and, and the variations of tea punch? In in Martinique, when during my visits there, I have seen uh, a few books that talk about different different styles and you know it's funny between Martinique and Guadeloupe um, I've heard stories where in Martinique they don't use ice all right now if you use ice you're you must be from Guadeloupe I see oh is that it because they have electricity or something (laughs) Uh, okay so tell us the ingredients so it's simple the the holy trinity of rum rum lime sugar so one of the great things about the tea punch, and, and I'm going to go over the five reasons why I think it's the perfect drink for any occasion, is you have a lime, so you cut like a, a quarter size, equal amounts of the peel to the pith, and you just squeeze a little bit in your glass and twist it, try to get some of those oils, drop it in, there's your lime, and then you can add the syrup de can, and syrup de can is just fresh pressed cane juice that's heated and reduced down into a syrup and then they integrate some of the local spices from the area so here we're going to pour the the clement syrup to con and you pour however much usually it's under five milliliters but however much you want uh in terms of right, how so sweet five you like milliliters your is a quarter of an ounce yeah one ounce is 30 30 okay. mils so sixth six what well, sixth of an ounce got it I like to add just a little bit because I like my tea punches rude. Meaning rude? Rude, meaning strong. Strong. Not very sweet. Okay. And so the, the, the small but strong part of the cocktail comes from the two ounces 
of the rum agricole. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, a 50%, 55%, 65% rum agricole, I mean, it, it becomes... You're bordering on three shots there. Yeah, That's exactly. cool. All right. And that's a, that would be uh, en deux trois. <laughs> Give me that trois punch. Not the tea punch. I want the trois. So mm. a disc of lime, syrup, syrup de con to taste, and then two ounces of the the rum agricole blanc in this case the damoiseau 110 okay and the final step in making the tea punch is the bois lele so i brought um christopher a branch from the bois lele tree the swizzle stick tree oh, look that at they that. break these uh, off and they use this as their swizzle yeah it looks to like a integrate foot. the drink it's got a foot on the end with a long stick i see All so this right. is the funnest part so you stick your swizzle stick in your bois lele you stick and your swizzle stick in you stick your swizzle stick out <laughs> and you twist it all about you try to integrate the syrup de con with the lime juice and the rum agricole and that's it that's it uh, all right. Uh, what's it? Asante? What's the heck? I don't even know how to cheers in French. Cheers? Uh, sh- yeah, cheers, Asante. they'd say it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, the lemon, the lime comes right out, but you can smell some of the, 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 the vague spice you have in that, like just a touch of vanilla and it's, it's like an orange peel or something. Wow. Oh, that'll that'll knock your shorts off. Holy smokes, and it's room temp, and uh, that must make it refreshing in some some way, right? Once you once you get through about half of it, it I see you start to sweat, and it cools you off. That's the whole idea of spice in a lot of, ah, in a lot of countries. That's right. Eating right. something hot, and you perspire, and then it cools you off. Mm-hmm. With the uh, with with tea punch, um, it's it's simple with the ingredients, but it's very delicate. So too much of the syrup de con, it becomes too sweet for some people, and when they serve it at the restaurants. Um, we can talk about what they call preparing one's own death. Oh, my goodness. How about that? Is that like a last will and testament? Hey, speaking of Nick Ferris here on Happy Hour Radio, we're talking about rums from around the world and making cocktails and having fun. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, happy Saturday night. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round three, and, uh, well, we've got at least three bottles of rum here. Well, we do have three bottles, and I've got the pleasure of having Nick Ferris, who's uh, founder of the Rum Collective here in the Pacific Northwest, part of the uh, Rum Council, and uh, I just made uh, a classic cocktail with Martinique rum and uh, Martinique uh, syrup de can and a little bit of fresh lime. It's called Tea Punch. Uh, so, Nick, this is a, a really... Easy, simple, yet sublimely delicious drink. Um, quite balanced. I think you've got the acid of the lime is perfect. The sweetness of the uh, and touch of spice in that simple syrup uh, really adds, uh, of course, a little bit of body to it. And also, we love sweetness. I mean, I do. But um, I love dessert. And of course, the proof on this rum is fifty-five percent. Fifty-five. Uh, sorry, one hundred ten proof. Fifty-five percent. Well balanced. It has a little bit of heat on the finish, and uh, I can already tell that I'm cooling down. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, any variations of the tea punch? Is this just a matter of different uh, uh, rums and, and, and flavors and styles of rum? Or is there, like, we add soda or we add a touch of juice? I mean, has it gone to a different, you know, elevated cocktail? Or is this is basically, this is the Sazerac. This is, it's only made one way. No, this is all about variety. Ah. And... In the early parts of the day, before dinner, as an aperitif, usually tea punch blanc is is what people order. When you're talking about after dinner or late into the evening, you're talking about tea punch view. So instead of an unaged rum agricole, now you're using a lot of the different different brands, different expressions, the aged expressions as a. And there's in addition to the the syrup decan, they also use unrefined sugar. At which you can use, and it, it also is that Demara or Demerara? They <clears throat> say it. The Demerara sugar is, is from the Demerara region in Guyana, but uh, the the unrefined sugar that they're using in Martinique, Guadeloupe, that's that's probably just local, you know. Sugar in the raw. Yeah, sugar in the raw. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Or brown sugar. You know you look so good. Well, um, I've got my eyes on those uh, these darker rums you have, so let's talk about these. Yeah. I, I keep seeing you looking over. I know. And Admiral <laughs> Rodney. Okay, this must have been. Is this a, Rodney? That must be an English name. Uh, I, R- Rodney. I, it's named after. Um, it's named after a, a British naval officer, uh, George B. Rodney, who became famous for one of his uh, naval military um, inventions and executions of breaking the line. So right outside uh, Guadeloupe, there was. Um, a war, the Battle of the Saints, and in 1782 he developed a strategy of, of, of winning, <laughs> basically. <laughs> really? And, and uh, the Saints would be the islands, so that Saint Martin, <clears throat> Saint Lucia, uh, Saint. Yeah, right in the French, the French island region, and it it, it was very impacting for the British because it kind of uh, the French and the Spanish didn't know what to do, and they decided to leave Jamaica and some of the other British strongholds alone. And so they named the St. Lucia Distillers named their their flagship product after after uh, Admiral George Rodney. I love that. When I worked at uh, the Rainier Club in downtown Seattle, we did some history about Admiral Peter Rainier, who the club was named after, and also our uh, lovely mountain. And uh, he did some sailing and some um, some battles in uh, the West Indies and the Caribbean and. Uh, he had a lot of ships, and he was commander of the Blue and a captain, and uh, it was really cool to hear some of the names of the ships. In fact, we did a whole uh, private wine selection based on his names of his ships, the Monarch, the Estrella, the uh, Centurion, and one more. It's been a while already. Well, this is a um, a chestnut amber or a, a pecan. This looks like pecan um, nut. I mean, it's kind of got that golden hue but a little more tan. Uh, Admiral Rodney is, uh, what style of rum is this? It's St. Lucia. In St. Lucia, in <clears throat> and like a lot of the Caribbean islands, <clears throat> over the last hundred years, a lot, a lot of processes have changed, and people have gone from growing sugarcane for economic reasons to uh, not growing sugarcane and, and using molasses and not getting it actually from that country, but importing it in. So they, they buy their molasses, and the St. Lucia Distillers is located just on the Caribbean side of St. Lucia. It's really beautiful if, if, you, uh, if you look it up. Just some amazing, amazing images. There. Yeah, I love it. Um, Got to go back. So they use um, a short fermentation 
so about a day to a day and a half, and they have about a seven to eight percent wash. Okay, and that means seven uh, percent to eight percent of the total total liquid is alcohol. It, yep, exactly. Right. And with all that sugar, it's pretty easy to get to that real quick because mm-hmm. you're not talking about twenty five bricks. You're talking about molasses, which is really like eighty bricks. I mean, it's mm-hmm. way up there. They use their own their own yeast, and they have a they have two different strains which they ferment separately. And then um, they take the wash, they're distilling it, and they've got a variety of different stills. They've got uh, three different pot stills, uh, one Vendome and two John Doerr. They have uh, a two-column, continuous-column still. Hmm. So they're able to produce a lot of different rums, and then they're using those rums to blend. And in the the case of St. Lucia, with the Admiral Rodney, it's it's actually 100% continuous-column still. Really? And then, so all this color and flavor is coming from the oak. And what style of oak are they using? They're using oak uh, from Jim Beam. Yeah, it's going to say, yeah. like, it tastes like bourbon American oak. It doesn't oak, taste yeah. like French. It doesn't taste like Sauternes or anything like that. Uh, Admiral Rodney, so this distillery goes back to what, the 1700s? No, it's not, not that far. It actually started in 1931. Um, okay. Uh, the Barnard family in the Rosso Valley, which is right right around the capital, Caseries, um, around 1950, you know, due to a lot of different factors, there were only two distilleries left, and those distilleries combined to form the St. Lucia One distillery. super distillery. Exactly. Okay. And they started producing a bunch of marks. They have about 25 different, different rums and liqueurs that they produce. Fun. I like yeah. that. Well, <laughs> you've got a spot on this radio show for a long time. You keep bringing this stuff in. Um, this has got a great, uh, I almost think, butter pecan flavor. Um, there's something about the smoothness. It reminds me like a hint of uh, uh, toffee or brittle and um, just a touch of pecan pie with that lovely burnt crust, which I like. Although this is not burnt, this is very smooth as well. What's the proof? The proof on the Admiral Rodney. Forty percent. Okay, so it makes so? the cut to be called rum in the United States. Right. That's uh, that's a minimum is forty percent. Mm-hmm. You can call it rum up to I think a hundred and twelve or something. Right. Yeah, rum. Barbancourt um, gets up there, right? <clears throat> One sixteen maybe. Um, and I love Barbancourt rum. Of course, I'm a rum guy. And uh, I, I remember I went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Gorge, and my buddy brought a bottle of red rum. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. It was gone pretty quickly, only because uh, there were four of us. And um, anyway, that was my version of red rum and just transitioning the the segue to this particular rum, which is uh, really delicious. Now, this is aged how long? Twelve years in American oak. Okay. So that's some of the best American oak. Yeah. And when you think about Caribbean aging, you know, you're you're talking about that tropical... uh, the humidity and the heat, that climate ages about two and a half times faster than Sure, because uh, you get the heat and it, everything's a little warmer and evaporates, and that's the angel share. Um, what is this? What would the price be here? And the, all these rums are available in, in the Seattle and Pacific Northwest area, right? Yes, they are. In okay. fact, uh, the Admiral Rodney, I, I did the launch on about a year ago. And a little bit of a backstory, there was only Admiral Nelson <laughs> and once the uh, that's eight dollar rum, <laughs> the U.S. Uh, Patent and Trademark Office um, figured out that there was more than one admiral in the British Navy. They decided to uh, allow Admiral Rodney to enter. Okay, well, <laughs> there's no Lieutenant Rum or uh, uh, Ensign uh, Gopher, right? Or uh, Doc? You know, I'm thinking about the Love Boat right now. Mm. Well, what does this cost? 
This is about fifty fifty five dollars on wow. the shelf. That's great. Can, when you think about you know twelve, Value. 12 years, a twelve year old bourbon mm. is is like seventy eighty dollars, and uh, the rums that ex- that uh, you know. Um, Evaporate twice as fast than Angel Share. They're even less expensive. I guess that's just the economy of uh, scale and the uh, the current market conditions and economic. Well, you have another rum for us to taste in our next segment. What's this one called? The final rum we're going to taste is Cartavio XO. Cartavio XO. And in like cognac, are there specific uh, um, requirements to put for labeling for XO or for VSOP or do they have those in the world of rum? There, there are specific things for age statements, but a lot of the letters are just kind of colloquial. Just letters? <laughs> They're just letters. <laughs> so we haven't seen an XXX rum yet, so that could be possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it would be uh, it would be bare naked. It would be a white rum. Oh, Ron Jeremy, Ron. triple X rum. Was there that one? All right, well, he's got that. Well, we'll have to go down to that pizza shop down there with that Ron Jeremy-looking fellow, which is just just uh, north of the studio here. Speaking with Nick Ferris, the founder of the Rum Collective and uh, on the Rum Council, uh, an ambassador of rum here in Seattle, and uh, he brought uh, three fantastic rums. We made tea punch. We had Martinique rum and, of course, San Lucia, and then the final rum coming up. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, folks, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Hope you got something great in your glass. It's time for round four, our final segment. Having a great time with these... uh, Fantastic rums, courtesy of my pal Nick Ferris, the Rum Collective and the Rum Council. Uh, we've had a good time making tea punch, trying rum from Martinique, and a little uh, syrup de can, which is a uh, cane juice-based uh, syrup with a little bit of herbs, and, or I should say spices, and vanilla from Martinique as well. We have Admiral Rodney Rum, which is a 12-year-old rum um, from San Lucia, or San Lucia, and fat now it's uh it's time for the XO the big daddy this is a dark rum this is uh, really more of a chestnut brown tell us about this so the Cartavio XO is made in the northern part of Peru and this is a a Solera process made rum ah. it is a blend of both pot and column still and it's aged in a Solera fashion in American oak and the XO is is the top of their line it's a an average age of around 18 years it's very difficult to know in solera, solera systems um, but you have younger rums you have age you know older rums but they report as uh, around an 18 year average okay so for the listeners a solera is a a fractional uh system of blending so you have basically an up inverted pyramid where you've got one barrel on the bottom, two barrels above that, three barrels, four barrels, five barrels, etc. So when you're making new rum, the very top of the criadera, um, each line is called the criadera, the top line, basically you pour the new stuff in there and then you pour a little bit into the next row and the next row and by the time you get down to the bottom, that one barrel, 
it's just a, a couple drops of, uh, well, a couple liters of the, the spirit go into that barrel and, and mix with everything that's been in there for the last 20, 50, however many years. And how old is this distillery? In Peru, I imagine it's got some age to it. It's around 100 years old. <clears throat> I like that, around, around 100. So I think 1929. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really fun. So, um, and, and having both continuous stills making it means you're making basically base spirit, and having pot still, you're adding some more character. But these are being aged in a, uh, a solera, but the, so the wood is not new. But this has lots of color still, so I'm, I'm curious. Are they adding new barrels to this Criadera often, or does it just... You would think at some point either it gets a little less colored or they're able to continue, continue the, uh, the color scheme by adding things because that's, that's okay by the FDA. This distillery in particular has a really large amount of barrels, not to mention um, a lot of different barrels coming from around Europe because of a lot of their wine trade. Uh, and so they're able to utilize a lot of these different barrels in, in their whole lineup. I'm sure they have a, a barrel management system there where they're, where they're using some. A lot of the color, of course, is from the age uh, in the wood, as <clears throat> as well as um, it also gets air though right so it oxidizes in that fashion yeah so that's why and they have very color. temperature you know humidity controlled rooms to minimize their angel share loss mm. I just took a sip of this now this reminds me of a Milky Way this has got milk chocolate caramel and creamy nougat or something there <laughs> uh, this is smooth and delicious um, it's definitely on the sweeter side. But uh, with those caramel notes and some of the glycerol and just the, the sweet uh, vanilla flavors that come out, um, quite an appetizing dessert-style rum. It, exactly. It is It is very much a, a dessert-style rum and, and a nice sipper for, for after a long meal. It It is on the sweeter side. Um, the Master Blender actually um, uses kind of more of a, a French style in, in terms of dosage or, or adding some sugar to it to, to richen and... Um, kind of create a harmony among a lot of the flavors that come through the aging process. Right, and because vanilla bean doesn't taste that's that great, smells good, but you have to add sugar and sometimes cream. Well, uh, Nick Ferris, this has been a fantastic rum education. If people want to learn more about uh, rum, do you have a website? Do you have some classes? Do you have some events that people can find? Yeah, we do events pretty <clears throat> regularly. You could go to the site, uh, www.therumcollective.com. It's also on Facebook. Um as well as the the International Rum Council at uh, rumcouncil.com. Also on Facebook, we do regular events. In fact, uh, there's quite a few events that are coming up, one of which is local, uh, local, another fundraiser, a rum tasting for the Providence Health International. And the date for that? Uh, The date for that is October 18th. October 18th, and you can find that on rumcollective.com? Yep, you can. Fantastic. Nick Ferris with the Rum Collective, thanks so much for sharing these great rums and joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Hey, what a treat. Folks, hope you enjoyed all this. Um, I encourage you to get out there and get some tasty rums. You can go to Esquin. You can go to, uh, well, Total Wine. Um, Who else has got good spirit selection? Uh, Capco, the QFC in the University Village. in West Seattle. Yeah, West Seattle. Yeah, good friends. Uh, Love it. BevMo. All yeah. right. Well, so you can find these. They're ubiquitous, but uh, they're definitely unique and special. Hey, if you ever miss a show, folks, don't forget happyhourradio.net has a whole list of our episodes. Share them with your friends. If you have any guests, ideas, or topics, send me an email to ask at happyhourradio. And the Twitter sphere is at 
Happy HR Radio. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, getting ready for football season in September. We'll have some great uh, tailgating shows coming up. And remember, folks, when you're out and about, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!